Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance, I left my executive role to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of Live Media, I am thrilled to create wellness-based content and technologies to help you level up and become more conscious of your ripple. The Live app launched Christmas Day for Apple iOS. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a beautiful place for us to share our gold, our dreams, and create community. Gold is a Live Media production brought to you from the sound studio at the Live headquarters. Kristen Morrison went from writing, I wish I could get paid to walk a dog, in her journal, to launching her own million dollar pet business. Recently featured in MarketWatch, New York Post, and a TV interview with Yahoo Finance. A master manifester, Kristen not only manifested her business, she also manifested her husband and her home. She is proof that intention, self-awareness, and a little bit of universal magic pay off in big, beautiful ways. She now shares her business insights with thousands of clients through her books, online courses, and podcast, Prosperous Pet Business. Kristen is the founder of Six Figure Pet Business Academy, a program she started in 2010 for service-based pet business owners, including pet sitters, dog walkers, dog trainers, pet groomers, and dog daycare owners. In 2012, Kristen became a certified Best Year Yet coach and created Best Year Coaching, a company that helps individuals from all walks of life and professions plan and achieve their dream life list, from their personal goals to their business goals. Today, Kristen and I dig into the value of patience, the grind of entrepreneurship, and how in the world she manifested the man of her dreams. Let's dig in. I am so excited to have Kristen Morrison on Gold with me today. Kristen, thank you for being part of our show. I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited um, to talk to you because you are clearly a master manifester. And um, I know that you uh, manifested your company. You wrote it down at one point, And then you tell me that you've manifested your husband. And now I know all ears are toward, turned towards you because I think it's such a valuable lesson that you can bring in and call in what you want with intention. So I need to know the stories. Like, how did you... How did you do this? What's your practice? Okay, great. So it's interesting because manifesting my business items has been very different than manifesting my husband, interestingly enough. So why don't I start with the business first and then I can share a little bit about manifesting my husband. So when I was 18, I was really struggling with what to do with my life. And I had a hard time sleeping at night, or I would wake up in the middle of the night and feel this panic of what am I going to do? Because nothing career wise, or, you know, in terms of college classes, you know, masters, you know, I was looking at all of these different things, and nothing felt right. I was considering being a vet because I loved animals. That was kind of the only thing. And then I knew I loved writing too. So those were the two things that I loved. But when I looked at what was out there, I couldn't really feel like I was seeing my right career path. And that felt really scary for me. It felt like I was in a void. And I knew that I really needed work to be something that I loved and that I enjoyed doing. Otherwise, you know, my heart wouldn't be in it and it wouldn't be worth it to do it. So 
I, uh, I remember I, you know, I've been writing in my journal since I was young. And when I was about 18, I was writing in my journal and I just, it just kind of flew out of me. I wrote, I wish I could pay, get paid to walk a dog. And I just sort of started writing about that a little bit, but that was the sentence that kind of jumped out at me. And, but it seemed ridiculous because that was gosh in the, I would say the late eighties at that point. And you know, there was no such thing as dog walking then. It seems so strange now because it's such a part of our culture, at least in America, you know, dog walkers are everywhere. They were not even, it wasn't even a thing then, you know, people didn't hire professional dog walkers. And so it wasn't like I got fixated on that, but it did jump out at me of, you know, that would be a great career for me if I could do anything because it combines a lot of what I love, which is exercise, animals, taking care of humans, you know, in terms of providing for them in certain ways through the caretaking of their pets. And so I kind of tucked that away and, you know, was still exploring, couldn't really figure it out. And then one day it was about six years later. So before I dive into that, I want to share that for me, manifesting has not happened on my timetable, unfortunately, <laughs> which is something to note. If there's something that you're really wanting, it does pay to let it go because often trying to figure it out isn't going to help. At least mm -hmm. it hasn't for me. Yeah. So about six years later, I was walking on this path near my home. I lived in Tiburon at the time, which is in Marin County, very affluent area. And I was walking on this, this path, uh, along the water and this woman walked by me and she had two beautiful golden retrievers that she was walking on a leash and she had a t-shirt on. It was summertime. She was wearing a t-shirt that had, it looked like a business name that had dogs as the low part of the logo and then a phone number. And she walked by me and I spun around. It just was so instinctual, almost like something else was propelling me <laughs> to turn around. And I spun around and I kind of yelled because she was walking pretty fast. Do you have a dog walking business? And she turned around and she said, I do. Do you want to work for me? <laughs> and I, I have chills as I say this. Every single time I share the story, I get chills like the the magic has never left when I think about that moment, because it was literally like stepping into the vortex of my calling, you know, and I felt it and she felt it too, because she instantly said, do you want to work for me? And I mm -hmm. said, yes. And so I met her a couple days later. She interviewed me. She hired me and I worked for her for three months. And through the course of working for her, I really felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I am supposed to have a business. You know, I could feel it in every cell of my being. And so I told her and I quit working for her, you know, because she became my competition then. And then I ended up um, starting my business. And I had never owned a business before. I'd never even managed anyone at that point. So I was self-managing, you know, and having to start a business. And that's a whole other story about creating my business. But 
the long and short of it is I ended up having my business for 18 years. I grew it from literally a thought to a pretty large enterprise where we covered two big counties, Marin County and Sonoma County. And through the course of running my business, I hired over 250 people. And wow. when I sold my business, I had 35 staff members and four managers. And I went from, at one point in my business, a few years before I sold it, I went from working seven days a week to working three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, you know, one of my heart's desires was really to travel again. Cause I'd done that when I was younger, when I was, didn't have a business, you know, it didn't feel so tied down and I really missed that. And so I ended up living in Bali for six months and in India while my business ran under the care of my managers. That's amazing. Well, especially because I'm, I'm a startup. <laughs> so I've just, I've just built out a, a media company and we have a, an app and I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, okay, this is what I have to look forward to. Cause right now it's the seven days a week. <laughs> and I did see your app. I checked it out yesterday and it is gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of so it. So wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, I'm, I'm so proud of it. And it's, it's, nice to have a, a female entrepreneur to, to talk to because especially with the community that I'm immersed in, there are so many women who have fantastic ideas and they know what their long game is. They know that they want to do something and so many people are moving out of like the corporate environment to start their own companies. But there's almost like, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a grind. It's, it's hard. It's not easy starting your own enterprise. And I'm curious, like from your perspective, did you, did you have to keep going back to like that reminder that you manifested this and this is what you wanted to do? Were you happy at all times as you were building it? Did you ever have moments where you're like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Absolutely. You know, I feel like my business I have a very different business now, but you know, all of my businesses have been my great spiritual teachers. You know, they have brought me to my knees in pain, (laughs) emotional pain. Um, and they've brought me some of my greatest joys. And so, you know, it's like life, it's challenging and it's wonderful. And you know, if, if people are going into a business thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have so much freedom and money and time and you know, <laughs> like, no. actually, you know what, <laughs> as a seasoned serial entrepreneur, I can tell you it is like, not that I've had a baby, but I have a lot of friends that have babies and have had lots of kids. And what I equate it to is having a baby. And for some people actually having like three or four babies mm-hmm. at one time, because, you know, they need, they need constant attention in the beginning, but what can happen down the road as the business grows is that, you know, if you delegate really wisely, you can begin to step away from it. And that is empowering. But, you know, when I'm, coaching entrepreneurs as they're starting out and they're saying, Oh, I want to quit my job and start my business. I'm saying, Whoa, Whoa, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your financial resources here, right? Do you have savings? You know, can you work part-time? Because if you are expecting your business, your baby business to support you, that's not fair to you or to it because it's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. I like the way you talk to, uh, talk about it almost like it's its own entity. Yes, it is. I really 
have experienced that, like every business has a unique energy Mm -hmm. and it's important to kind of tune into what your particular business energy is. So when I looked at my pet sitting business, when I tuned into it, what I saw and felt, you know, in my mind's eye, well, it was (laughs) very symbolic, but it was like a big, huge, enormous dog. It looked like McGruff, the crime fighter dog. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And just huge though, and kind of towering over me and very gruff, like McGruff, you know, like, you know, but also like loving and really wanting to go his own way. It was very masculine when I tuned into it. My business now is very different, very different energy, but that one just was big and bold and wanted to like own the world, you know, and, and was in process of doing that. And as it was happening, I realized, okay, it's time for me to let it go. So after 18 years, I sold it. But, you know, it's so important because once you tune into your business and what it needs and what it wants, then you're in relationship. It's not like you're dragging it around, like, come here, go there. You're really listening and being attuned to your business and the energy behind it. I love that because right now what I would say is I have information overload, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs experience this because you have all of these people who tell you that they can help you with various aspects of your businesses like or business, like agencies that want to give you a quote on this and do you need graphic design and do you need this and do you need this? And it's like you get so much noise outside and there's a form like it's decision fatigue, right? And you you don't know who you can trust and you have to use your discernment as you're kind of interviewing and going through this process. But it's kind of funny because I feel like mine like has me right now. Like mine's big, way bigger than me. <laughs> and it's it's kind of figuring out like I feel like we have a really great culture, a really great vibe within, you know, the people that are have come to and are partnered with and working on um, our projects. But Um, it's, it can be overwhelming. Like, do you have any tips or tricks for, uh, newer entrepreneurs who are coming into it and getting started? I a hundred percent agree with your advice to be aware of your financial situation. I do not think it's healthy. There are so many coaches out there that are like, quit your job today. It will force you to, and I'm like, whoa, 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 no, you're going to force them into paralysis if they don't have the financial resources to do that. And poverty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not an empowering way to run a business. And when, you know, we have that, like, ah, my business has to make money, that energy is going out to clients and they're feeling it on some level and it's going to really repel them. So going back to your beautiful question of like how to avoid overwhelm and, you know, for me, I've experienced overwhelm at various points in my business, like when I'm growing a certain aspect. Often there are a lot of moving parts and that can be challenging. And so for me, what I do is I get really clear on what I need to do that week. Like what's the bare minimum that I need to do that if I didn't do it, I would not feel good at the end of the week. It would not be a good week for me. And then from that place, really getting clear about what I can do each day So, and I, I usually actually start with the month, you know, like I'll create 15 goals for the month 
some are bigger goals, some are smaller goals, but then I kind of wind it back down to, okay, what do I need to do this week? What do I need to do this day? So I think the more business owners can get really clear and not overwhelm themselves with their to-do list, that's going to help. Because if you have this really long to-do list, you're going to be like a deer in the headlights. I totally get it. And I think it's it's that prioritization, right? Because a lot of times other people's questions or requests or emails seem overwhelming, but it's it's theirs, right? So it's finding out what the difference is between your priorities for that week or for that month and what other people's are. And do they align and are they going to move me forward or the business forward? Um, and most of the time it's it's not. I get a lot of requests for um, coffee meetings and, you know, hey, I just want to pitch you on this or we have an idea for you. And it's, it's like you have to create this um, almost like a checklist of is this valuable use of my time at this point in time or can this wait or be delayed? Um, I love that. I think it's so important to have those practices in place, especially around time management and prioritization and being aware of, of the needs of the company. Um, how, when you decided to sell it, was that an emotional decision for you? You know, it, that's a great question. So I, I came back from Bali. Um, I was gone in 2011 or 2010 for three months in, in Bali and a month in India. And then in 2011, I went back and was in Bali for six months and then in India for a month. Came back from that second trip, really feeling like it was time. And that thought that kind of entered my mind in a surprising way actually brought me to tears. I remember I was hiking on a a trail that I love near my home and had just come back from Bali like the week before. And it just like came in my mind and I realized the truth of it, that it was time to sell it mm-hmm. because other things were definitely opening up for me and my energy was going in different directions. And I just, I remember it was almost like my knees buckled a little bit. Like I felt so much grief and I just started crying yeah. on the trail. It, it like, it was like feeling the loss of a friend before the friend had moved away or something. You guys, big news. We heard you loud and clear, and I can't wait to show you what we've been working on behind the scenes. Today Gold is brought to you by Live Media and the Live Pocket Coach, available on the Apple App Store now. Not only is Live like a life coach in your pocket, but we have just dropped our biggest upgrade, which includes Live Circles. These are accountability groups you create with your friends and colleagues to support one another. You can share links, upload files, audio clips, and hold each other accountable. In addition to personal circles, we've also created something incredible, curated themed circles led by coaches on specific topics that we know interest you. The very first one, Next Level Love. Join me for 90 days of visualizations, talks, and interviews with relationship experts, dating coaches, and chat sessions to work on ourselves, our stories, and learn how to date and love intentionally. This is for the people who want to take their love life to the next level. The team at Live has worked so hard to provide you something special, and since we love giving gifts and self-development is our thing, we have a special offer. While you have enjoyed a VIP experience with Live for free 99 since Christmas, this upgrade is valuable. No one is doing what we are doing. So if you opt in before the end of our first curated group, May 18th, 2020, you can get Live Pocket Coach for $99 for the year. This gives you access to all of our content, accountability circles, 
both yours and ours. That is $8.25 a month to change your life. Shoot over to loveisviral.com to sign up or shoot us an email at hello at loveisviral.com with live99 in the subject line. We will set you up and get you all the codes that you need. This offer won't last, so sign up now and here is to you and the best decision you've made today. Live Pocket Coach, welcome to your life. And I didn't do anything with it for about a, a year, actually, because I really wanted it to be from a place of it being really right rather than emotional. Um, because there was a, there was a part of me that just wanted to say goodbye to it because I wanted to be freer to do my other things, but that didn't, that was a, that would have been a disservice to my business that I had Mm -hmm. grown from a thought to this entity. Right. Um, and you know, it's kind of interesting what happened. This is another pretty wild manifestation story. You know, I didn't, even mention it to anybody, you know, my idea of wanting to sell my business for about a year. And then all of a sudden I, I decided I'm going to talk to one of my closest friends. So I told her about it and I swore her to secrecy. You can't tell anybody if my staff members find out or my clients, you know, it could be really damaging to my business because they could leave mm-hmm. before I find a buyer. So don't tell anybody. And, and my friend was like, no problem. I won't. I knew I could trust her. The next day I'm working in my, my office and answering phones for my pet business. And this man calls and he's, I answer the phone and he says, hi, do you want to sell your business? (laughs) And I said, who told you? I got really upset. (laughs) I said, did so-and-so tell you my friend? Right. And he's like, no, I'm cold calling you. I don't, I don't know you, but I have, you know, a buyer who may want to buy your business. That's hilarious. It's like you put it out into the universe. Like you finally had said like, I'm ready to release this. You could set it out loud and the universe is like, okay. (laughs) And then I kind of shook my fist like, who told you, you know, (laughs) it was very funny. And I ended up using him and my business sold within about nine months after that. And yeah, it was, it wasn't, and that was a grueling process. That was actually one of the most grueling things I've ever done. I just bought a house for the first time with my husband, um, a few months ago and that I've never done that, but I have to say selling my business was much more grueling than, um, buying a house which I had always heard buying a house is really challenging, you know, but so, you know, it was, it wasn't to say that, you know, I had all these green lights, but it wasn't easy. Yeah. Very challenging. There was a lot of negotiating back and forth and it just took a lot of time and energy, but it was worth it. And I'm really glad I did it. And I didn't look back at all. Well, congratulations. Thank I mean, that's you. a huge to be able to say like I wrote something down as a thought and then and I and that's been my experience with manifesting as well. Like I've written things down from the time I was like 13 years old. 
and then gone back and looked at those lists years later and they happened in like every single thing had happened at various times and in various ways and it's it's funny cuz we do and especially when you're you know building a company you want things to happen on your timeline cuz you've got you know you've got to raise capital or you've got to put out a launch or you have to do a tech upgrade or something like that and you want things to happen when you need them and it's this beautiful balance for me, what's been really interesting is it's been like this beautiful balance between um, being a creator and manifester and, you know, feeling so strongly about the the words that we curate, the audio content, the podcast, all of the stuff that we curate. And on the other side, also being like, this is a business. I have to figure out how to make this work. I have to make sure everyone's happy. I've got to like there's there's this duality to it that's really fascinating. It is. I love the way you describe it. And people that don't have a business would not understand what you're saying. It's like mm-hmm. you're speaking another language. I, my husband is a corporate lawyer. He's never been, well, that's not true. He was an entrepreneur very briefly, but like when I talk about a bit, my business, he doesn't really get it. And it, it's not a problem that he doesn't mm-hmm. get it, but it's like, we're speaking a different language. Oh, absolutely. Coming from corporate America to be in the world of, oh my gosh, it's completely different. And the mindset is different and the way you approach decisions is completely different. Um, It's been hard for me to almost like disavow some of my finance background because that would have kept me in this risk mitigating mindset, like a spiral of like, I can't make that decision because that seems risky where I'm like, well, that's the whole part of being an entrepreneur is you have to make a calculated and educated choice (laughs) or decision. And sometimes that requires taking on more risk than you would have when you were sitting comfortably in your office (laughs) before. Yeah, it's so true. And often emotional risk too. Oh, for sure. You know, not just financial, but emotional. It's a lot to put yourself out there. Well, and I was listening to Gary Vanderchuk talk about this. He was sharing that there's, you know, there's concerns about, and, and no one talks about it, but like, there's mental health issues within the entrepreneurial community. And it's not because, you know, it's primarily because of the amount of anxiety, like the buck stops with you. You make all of the decisions. You're responsible for everything. You can't blame it on the marketing team. You can't blame it on, you know, the, the logo. Um, You made all the choices. So yeah. Yeah. That pressure can be really um, intense. And so, you know, important, important, important to really be looking at self-care and, and practicing that on a daily basis, even if it's just 10 minutes of doing something that kind of soothes that part that is scared or feeling burned out or stressed, you know? Absolutely. So I have to, I have to, we have to pivot because I have to know about how you manifested your husband. <laughs> yes. I'm mean, like, let's talk about that too. Yeah, great. So I, uh, it's interesting because I wanted to be married a lot sooner than I actually got married. <laughs> um, so again, it, it wasn't on my timetable, but what I realized is, well, I'll tell you what happened. So in 2013, I woke up on January 1st and I realized I wanted to invest time, money, and energy to manifest my husband. I realized I invested all of those into my business Mm -hmm. 
But my true heart's desire, even more than having a successful business, was to have a life partner and and a, a husband. And so I just, I woke up and I really felt that within my body, like I'm willing to invest time, money, and energy to meet my husband. And I'm, I, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what I have to do. You know, if it feels right, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Time, money, and energy, right? So I began reading books about, you know, the blocks that were holding me back. Um, one of them was the four man plan, which is a great book, really recommended. It. It's, um, because the pattern that I was getting into was dating unavailable men. Mm. So I would meet a guy, it seemed great. And in some way he would be unavailable or he would be really into me and I would not be into him. So there was unavailability regardless of what was happening. It was this dance, right? And I realized that there was a very painful pattern that had been going on for for a lot of my life, my dating life, that's for sure, the whole whole dating life. Um, I mean, I had some great relationships, but it hadn't been somebody that I felt like this is the right person for me. So I started reading books and I started working with a dating coach and really looking at that, like realizing... I need help. This is an area I coach people, you know, in business and I do a lot of life coaching, but this is a blind spot for me and I need somebody outside of myself who can really see what's happening here. And so, and I did a lot of different things. I, um, did some breath work. I don't know if you've heard about breath work, but it's like your thing. Yeah. It's very powerful. Um, and so I worked with somebody doing that specifically around removing blocks that were standing in the way of me attracting my right partner. Um, and I also began really looking at the beliefs that I had. So one of the beliefs, the negative beliefs I had that was enormous for me was I'm too old to get married. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I felt like, every, you know, a lot of my friends were married, they got married a lot younger, you know, than I was. And all the statistics around like when you're over 40, you know, it's easier to get struck by lightning than getting married, you know, whatever they say, right? Not true. But, you know, there are these myths out there. And I had really kind of taken them in and believed them. And what I needed to do was to begin to dismantle them within myself. So, Anytime I'm working with a negative belief that's really standing in the way of me getting what I want, I flip it on its side. So it's sort of like a Byron Katie turnaround, if you're familiar with her work. Mm -hmm. So she talks about what's the exact opposite. So the exact opposite of I'm too old to get married for me was I am the perfect age to get married. And that felt like such a lie. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I said it and it made me actually laugh. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That's such BS, you know, but I began to say it. And then I began to look for ways that that could possibly even remotely be true in my life. And I realized that 
you know, I'd had all these adventures on my own. I had really cultivated a sense of self within, you know, within me. I felt very strong. I created a successful business. I wasn't depending on a man, but I wanted one in my life. So, you know, I began to see the truth of that. And so I began to say it out loud and really think about it. Um, I wrote it on a post-it note and put it on the dashboard of my car. And friends would get in the car and they'd be like, what is that? (laughs) To get married. And then there'd be a discussion about it. And I would share the reasons. So it was, again, affirming, right? I was speaking it out loud and I was actually defending it. Right. You were taking it. It was becoming part of your DNA. Yeah. And so then what I began doing is um, going back to the trail that I love near my house. And I would I would hike my trail almost every day. And on the, the hike, I would say this mantra. It was like an affirmation slash mantra. And it was, I am in a healthy and happy and loving relationship with a man who loves and adores me and who I love and adore. Mm. And at first, because it had to be mutual, right? I'd done the dance of one of us not feeling like it was right. So I wanted it to be mutual. And I wanted to really have a man who adored me and who I adored and to have it be a healthy and happy relationship. So again, I would say this out loud and it would feel like a lie, right? You know, I don't have this, right? I'm not in a healthy and loving relationship. But this, the more I began saying it, the more I began believing it. And then I began very scarily, because it felt so foreign to me, inserting the word marriage. And that was kind of terrifying for me because it was like, you know, once again, my beliefs that were kind of residual beliefs popped up like, you're never going to get married. You're too old. You know, again, it kind of came up. There was a second layer that was there and I had to really work with that. But then I began saying, I'm in a healthy and loving marriage with a man who loves and adores me and who I love and adore. And then I heard this thing from somebody who's a really powerful manifester, a friend of mine. And she said, it's really powerful to say it in first, second, and third person and to speak it out loud. And so I began saying, you know, I, Kristen Morrison, am in a, in a healthy and loving relationship, blah, blah, blah. You, Kristen Morrison, are in a healthy and loving relationship. She, Kristen Morrison, is in a healthy, loving relationship. There's something about all three tenses that really cause the subliminal work to begin to take effect. And I really feel it. So how long after you started this work, like, did you start like actively dating? Did you, what did you do? Well, I knew that I had to work on the beliefs first. So that was like the first four months. I didn't go online at all. I mean, that's really where people are going these days. You know, I've done a lot of online dating, no success at all. And I had dated a number of men for states and no success. I, I decided I really wanted to work on the inner first before I began dating, you know, in real life. <laughs> so I began, I began putting myself out. I went on Match. I went on eHarmony. 
but I, I really needed to feel good inside first that I was ready. And I did, I didn't feel completely ready. It wasn't like I was fully baked, but I felt like the fully baked would come when I started dating. And I was actually working this muscle of Mm -hmm. believing that it was possible in my dating life. Right. So I began dating guys. I attracted such different men that I had ever attracted. They were success, not all of them, but a lot of them were very successful, interesting, um, really interested in me, very adoring, very chivalrous, true gentlemen. It was amazing. The effect that that work that I had done on my beliefs and working with the coach and, you know, just doing a lot of different modalities to really heal myself you know, my heart to heal my heart, to heal my spirit around the dating was really working. And, you know, Jung says when we, it's something like this, I'm, I'm not quoting him word for word, but he says something like when we heal the inner, the outer has to reflect that healing. And I really began to see that in the men that I was attracting and Literally, so I I had this awareness January 1st, and I met my husband and went on my first date with him on August 31st, 2013. So it was almost nine months. I was going to say it's like a pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, it definitely was. It was a birth, you know, of me coming into my own and really believing that I deserved it. That was another thing. There's a lot of deserving, like, you know, feeling like, am I worthy of the kind of relationship I want? And really having to do some work around believing that, believing that I was lovable. Do you feel like the way you communicated with him as he showed up in your life was different than you had in the past? Like, so for instance, Um, In my personal situation, I also manifested my partner and I did a lot of work on myself and and purposely um, created kind of like a template. Like I dated purposely and intentionally asked him very specific questions. I self-advocated. I and the the men that I started dating after I made these decisions, exactly what you're saying is like completely different than anything I had attracted before. Everyone was very chivalrous. Everyone was like, no first moves on first dates. It was very, everybody was very, um, they courted me. Yes. And um, my, Lewis, my, my partner, was the fourth man that I dated after I made this decision. And um, the way I showed up in conversation with him, I wasn't playing any games. I wasn't like, oh, well, I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Or, you know, I'm kind of, you know, like we play all these games trying to trick guys into falling, falling in love with us. And instead, I'm like, I'm done with that. I'm just going to be like, here's the deal. This is what I'm looking for. I'm not going to say that you're him, but I would be open to finding out if there's something here. And um, because we started on that foot, it never left. We still have that very direct and purposeful way of communicating. That's beautiful. I definitely have that with my husband. However, one of my, uh, I don't want to say weaknesses, but it was something that I was really working on was like oversharing about myself and getting invested too quickly in Mm -hmm. relationships. So 
part of my work was actually continuing to date lots of different guys, even if there were some that I was really interested in, um, because I didn't want to lock and load on one. I really needed to disperse my energy until the one that was my right partner revealed himself to me, you know, and I could see him. And when I met my husband, Spencer, um, we went on our first date. It wasn't like, oh, my God, this is the one. But it was like, wow, this guy's great. Mm. It's so funny. Before, like, oh, maybe this guy's the one, you know. And I really was reining myself back of like, don't go there. Just enjoy that's funny. So Lewis, when I first met him, I, I referred to him as like a slow burn. Like I, there was attraction and you're like, this is a good person and I like who he is. We'll see, you know, and it was kind of like, I'm not going to attach to any outcome because I'm going to continue. <laughs> to date. And, and, you know, someone will rise to the top and, you know, he just, he had that consistency and continued to show up in that way. And it's, it's so true. Like you have to get to the space where when you have one person in front of you and you feel almost a desperation because of the fact that you feel unworthy inside. Yeah. It's just, it's, you're not actually seeing who's in front of you. You're seeing what you're projecting onto them to make you whole. And I think spending so much time doing that work so that when you finally do, you know, have someone in front of you who's, who also has done their own work. I think there's something to say to that as well, um, that you guys are prepared for each other. Exactly. I love the way you said that. Yeah. I think with, with Lewis and I, it was really great because from the very beginning I was like, I need someone. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to change you, yes. um, but I need someone who wants to grow every day. So like I'm growing, I'm constantly working on myself. So you have to be in that space. Um, if we're going to work and, we've just had this really beautiful like community. He's like, we talk about a relationship a lot. (laughs) Oh, I love that. It's like a daily thing, but that's, I mean, how long have you been together? uh, Two years. Oh, two years. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's so beautiful because um, I was in a very similar kind of space and mindset where it's, you know, you're, you're dating and you're out there and you start to feel jaded and like, there's no one good. And I'm like, I know that there are good people out there. So what's going on within me that I'm not, I'm not vibing with them, you know? Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because, you know, when I was doing the online dating in 2013, in preparation to meet my husband, a lot of, you know, I would talk to my friends who were single and dating and they would say, oh, there are no good men out there. And I would just not buy into that. I would say, you know what? There are. Like if there are good women like us out there, there are good men out there. So I would really, you know, question that. (laughs) And because I didn't want to, that kind of thought can really suck you down Mm. and cause you not to see what you're looking for. Because then all of a sudden everyone is not good. Yeah. No. And I I think like you start to assign a value to them and you don't, it's, it's outwardly facing, right? You're not paying attention to what you're bringing to the table and are you the right kind of partner? And are, if, if they're looking around and saying, you know, something similar, um, you have to, and, and there's a lot, I remember there was a lot of people who are emotionally unavailable and they've been so hurt that it's, there's almost like you're coming to each other with wounds. 
Um, and I think that's when things kind of fail. You made another point that I wanted to make sure that we we touched on really quick, that you di- you hired a dating coach. I did not have a dating coach, but I have an executive coach who feels like all aspects of your life should be humming, right? It's not like one thing or the other. So we would talk about my relationship as it was growing. And even as we decided to blend our family, it was we he helped me create a family plan. So I had external help in navigating this relationship. And even he would at times be like, Jeanette, you're doing that thing. You're uh, one of your old wounds is coming up or you're triggered right now and think about. And so I had external objective support, which I think is so valuable because if you're going to if they say that the person that you marry has so much to do with your success in life. Yeah. You should not be afraid to hire a coach to (laughs) help you get there. Well, the thing is, too, we spend so much energy, like I was saying earlier, on our businesses or careers. And, you know, we might hire somebody to create a resume for us. You know, why wouldn't we have someone help us with dating Mm. when it is one of the most crucial decisions? In my opinion, it's actually even more important than work because, you know, if you're living with that person, they deeply affect you, their energy, their mood, their spirit, you know, you become entrained in some ways mm-hmm. with them. And so, oh, it's, it's so crucial. So yeah, I would say anybody that's kind of struggling with wanting to find a partner or not dating properly, don't be afraid to hire somebody to help. It's not a sign of weakness. I actually see it as a sign of strength and really getting your value in the world. Like I deserve this. I deserve help so that I can actually create what I want. Oh, I think that's so important. I deserve help. I think that's powerful because we don't always put our hand up and say, I'm kind of sucking wind in this area. (laughs) Like I'm not doing so good. Exactly. I love it. Well, I have uh, two questions for you that I ask everyone. Um, First question is, based on your life experience, if you were to look at a younger version of yourself, what age would she be and what advice would you give her? Oh. (sighs) You know, I would say she would be 21, 22, totally stressed about what she was going to do for her life and where her life was going. She felt very unmoored. And I would say, sweetheart, you are going to be just fine. I want you just to relax and enjoy yourself. Have a wonderful time. Have fun. Enjoy being footloose and fancy free. And just, it's coming. All that you want and more beyond your wildest dreams is coming. Oh, I love that. (laughs) If we only knew when we were younger that it's all going to be good. Um, If you were transitioning from this life and you wanted to leave behind some gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration, what would they be? Oh, that's a good question. Give me a second here. What would they be? You know, that thing that you want, that you think you can't have, you can. It's just a matter of getting in the groove to figure out 
how to get it. Sort of like a bobsledder <laughs> when they go down that groove, right? So decide what you want. Ask for help. Believe that it's possible. Do the work that it will take to believe that it's possible. And then keep your eyes open because it's coming. Mm, I love that. So I, I think we sometimes miss out on the wonder that's available to us and, and how beautiful and um, an amazing life can be. Yeah, I like that idea of keeping your eyes open because it's coming. Because I th- I think that like so many times our eyes are down, we're trudging along, we're we're pushing instead of kind of standing in a place of reception when something when something great does come. You know, there are two things I want to share before we end. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing is, if I had been on that bike path that day when when that woman came by walking the golden retrievers and I had been on my phone, I might've missed that opportunity. Your eyes are up. Oh, I love that. So I really encourage your listeners to get off their phone when they're out and about to be open to the miracles and the wonder that's out there. And then speaking of wonder, I just want to share a quick story about my house manifestation. So about a year ago, my husband and I decided to buy a home and um, we knew the approximate area. We knew we wanted to live in a particular county, which is in Marin County. And I did a, a vision board for it. And I've done a bunch of vision boards in the past. But this one was different in that, you know, the, the pictures that I was choosing didn't really make sense because they were pictures of homes on the water which felt totally like outside of our financial budget for Marin County because houses on the water are just like many, many multiple millions of dollars here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but that's what I was choosing. And so it didn't make rational sense to my, to my mind, but there it was. And that's what I put on my vision board for our future house in the center of that vision board. For some reason, there was this picture of this boardwalk (laughs) and I put it dead center in my vision board for my house. And so I I had my vision board in my office for the home that we were renting at the time. And we began looking at homes um, beginning of the year. And, you know, we're looking, we weren't really finding, we were finding some that were close, kind of like dating. We were dating houses, you know, (laughs) they weren't right. But then there was this house on a boardwalk (laughs) that was on the water that was actually affordable for us, and we bought it. That's amazing. (laughs) I just made a decision that I'm going to have a vision board above my my desk. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I need to just put this on a vision board. And, um, and, you know, the, the cool thing about the, I mean, there's so many cool things about this area that we live in, but it's not for everybody. I mean, you know, it takes me five minutes to walk from my car to our house. Like you can't Mm -hmm. drive your car on the boardwalk. It's a walking Mm -hmm. boardwalk. And the front yard is basically a 600 acre nature preserve. So it's a bird sanctuary. And there are egrets and herons and geese, and it's just so 
incredibly beautiful. And in the front yard is the bay, San Francisco Bay. And so we have water and then we have, it's, we're basically on a tidal creek. So it, the water moves kind of in and out depending on the tides. But, you know, it is, I swear to God, such a place of wonder here. Like as I'm talking to you, I'm seeing egrets flying <laughs> and, you know, geese fly over and they're honking, not in this moment, but that's usually the morning commute, you know, in the sky, mm -hmm. it's the geese and, oh, it's just pure magic. And so, you know, going back to what I would say to those people as I'm leaving the planet, don't be afraid to dream. And even if it doesn't make sense that, you know, actually, if it doesn't make sense, those are sometimes the best dreams. And to just, if you're creating a vision board and it, you know, you're looking at this picture and it fills you with a state of joy, just put it on. You've nothing to lose. Mm, I love that. We have so much control over, over what happens and comes into our lives. And I think sometimes we, we do try to to edit our dreams, right? To fit what we think our current reality is, but that doesn't mean that we can't grow into something or something appear like it did with you guys. Well, um, I didn't awesome. even know that this area existed. So it wasn't like I was thinking about this area. There are 50 homes mm -hmm. on this boardwalk area and I had no idea. And I've lived in this area almost my whole life and I didn't know it existed until we found the for sale listing. It's amazing. I love it. You are a master manifester. <laughs> Thank you. You're very good. <laughs> I'm now going to have a vision board. It's going to be like our office thing. Everyone has to have a vision board. Yeah. And I'm happy to show you my vision board too. I can send it to you if you want to see it. I'd be I happy love to, to show you my house one. Love some inspiration. I want to thank you so much for being on today and sharing your goals. I appreciate you. If anybody wants to kind of follow your journey, where can they, where can they go? So I'm on Instagram at PetBizCoach, P-E-T-B-I-Z Coach. And you can also reach me at Best Year Coaching. I provide coaching for all kinds of business owners. And I also have Six Figure Pet Business Academy for pet business owners who want to start, grow, or, you know, really expand their business. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I loved everything about this conversation. So basically, write it down, believe it, work on you, and watch the universe rise up to meet you. You can find Kristen on Instagram at PetBizCoach or online at SixFigurePetBusinessAcademy.com or BestYearCoaching.com. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. You can find me on Instagram at either ms.janetteschneider or the live movement at loveisviral.media or live at loveisviral.com. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Order my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.